So welcome to Managing Marketing and this week it's coming from Boca Rotan in Florida and I'm sitting here uh, talking with Deborah Giapoli, Director of Global Strategic Agency Relations at Mondelez International. Hi Deborah. Hi Darren. Nice well, to see you. It's great to see you again and you know I, I wanted to catch up because it was almost well over a year ago when you wrote a terrific guest post for me about the death of the creative shootout or the need to kill the creative shootout right. as a way of choosing agencies. You know, mm. that was hugely popular, by the way. Mm. It's great to hear. I'm glad it uh, added some value for you. Well, it got lots of sharing on LinkedIn and lots of Twitter and, and lots of commentary largely supportive of the fact that we need to get rid of the creative shootout. What, what is it about that process that you think we need to get rid of? Well, first of all, I'll correct you a little bit. I, okay. I wouldn't say that we need to get rid of it entirely because okay. there are some instances where we still do creative shootouts um, with some pretty good reasons, but I'll talk about that in a second. Sure. Um, a couple of reasons why we're looking at other ways in, most, in many cases to choose an agency are that um, Creative pitches are very expensive for agencies to participate in. Yeah. It could cost them several hundred thousand dollars to prepare for a creative pitch. And whether we are paying that fee or not, and we're not, yeah. um, somehow those rising costs in an agency's financial structure comes back to the clients, directly or yeah. indirectly. Absolutely, because they're going to have to recoup that cost anyway. Exactly. And, and it's either going to be directly to the client that asked for the pitch, but often it's just spread across all the clients. Correct. So it's got, it's got to show up somewhere. Yeah. Um, another reason is that we believe, to an increasing extent, that creative pitches um, don't test the key determiner of the quality of the creative which we think comes from a strong agency relationship rather than an agency's ability to respond to a brief. I'm so glad you said that because one of the issues that we've found is that sometimes an agency can absolutely luck in getting a concept that the client likes and in actual fact their ability to reproduce that luck is very minimal. Exactly, exactly. Um, and we find that oftentimes an agency, you know, we'll brief an agent, we'll brief several agencies, they'll disappear, we won't see them for a couple of weeks, they'll all come back with whatever creative brilliance they want to show us. It's an artificial situation because there's never a case where an agency would disappear for three weeks no. and not be able to meet with you while they're developing work in the real world for you. And then they come back with the ideas and we choose the agency whose idea we like the best. And then six months down the road, we're not happy 
yeah. with the agency and we're not that happy with the work because it was developed in an artificial situation and nobody understands why we went through this whole process and aren't happy with the agency and the reason is because we didn't test the relationship yeah and it's the relationship that's critical to getting to the best possible work so i think i've shared with you before but around 2007 we introduced um, chemistry sessions and then a workshop, a strategic workshop, where the marketing team and the agency actually sit down and work on a problem, not even a brief, yeah. a comms problem. Right. And it's like every client that, because uh, we usually run them for a day, you know, six mm -hmm. hours, and every client would go, oh, that's six hours with three different agencies. You know, that's like three days out of my life. But what they find afterwards, it's as close to a real life test drive yeah. as you're ever going to get. Yeah. You know, to be able to actually sit there and you see the thinkers and the passengers and sure. the talkers that have got no substance. They really get a sense of each agency. Have you tried workshops at all? And, and we, we haven't tried workshops. Um, for the reason that you mentioned, it's a big time commitment and sometimes it's kind of hard to wrestle clients into that big of a commitment, um, um, which is kind of funny because it's a pretty serious decision they're going to have to make at some point. Um, but what we have done, stopping short of a workshop, is recommended to clients that instead of sending the agencies off to develop creative work as part of a pitch, spend time with each agency, go to dinner with them, yeah. meet the team, get to know each other, spend time together in a room and ask yourself, can I work with these people? Well, that's brilliant. And because that's, it, yeah, it's, it's all about the chemistry. You know? Yeah. I, I think people forget that it's co-creation and the co-creation exactly. comes out of how well that fit is. You know, it's, yeah. It's interesting you said about you know the amount of time because um, one of the things that we get back from a lot of marketers after the three days of workshops is they go, that was the most amazing three days and well worth it because they've taken the same problem to three different agencies and they say each one has a different way of thinking. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, they actually exactly. end up with, like, it's like three days getting food for thought from three different companies. So that's overcome it. The thing um, that some still want to do, it because they mm. usually after that process have a very clear winner, you know, the agency that yeah. they really feel like they could work with, but they still want to go to the spec creative. Right. They're yeah. addicted to the spec creative. Yeah, and I think um, the feedback I get is they like to have something to show internally for the process. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get where that where they would want that. Um, I think that what we what we have done in cases where we've been successful in talking them out of a full blown spec creative pitch is um, to coach them through how they'll make the decision and how they'll support it upward in the organization. Mm. Um, and we've been fairly successful and, and have had fairly convincing arguments for them to do that. And when they have followed those suggestions and been successful, it sort of goes viral because mm. then they start telling their friends yeah, and, they, yeah. and they feel great about the agency they chose and there, and there aren't any doubts. One of the things that we do is what we call um, a modified pitch process okay. and that's where 
instead of asking, briefing the agencies and asking them to come back with creative, we um, brief the agencies on our brands, yeah. each one at a time, and then we ask them to come back, stopping short of creative, but come back with a response to yeah. some questions like, um, what other clients have you solved a similar communication mm -hmm. challenge for? Yeah. How would you address our challenge strategically? Yeah. What do you think our missed opportunities are? Um, you know, what, what have we missed in the way that we have briefed you? And yeah. we ask each of the agencies to come back with responses to questions like that. It's a longer they're list, of course. Yeah, but that, they're but fantastic questions because they're very open questions. Yes. And it really, you know, one of the things I think RFIs often miss out on is that they're quite closed. They're almost like a shopping exactly. list. Exactly. Whereas what I love about those questions is that you, what you're testing is how holistically an agency thinks about yeah. the interaction between them. I really like that. Well, and the thing is, if you get that from an agency and you do your homework mm. about the creative work they've done for other clients as evidence that they're capable of doing great creative work, those two things, the responses to the questions and examples of creative mm. work for other clients, are generally enough to give them a very high level of confidence. Yep. And the teams that have gone through this, even if they were skeptical in the beginning, by the end of the selection process, they're very pleasantly surprised at how clearly one agency versus another will rise above course, um, yeah. the other competitors. And it's easier for them to make a decision than they might have imagined it would be uh, at the beginning of the process. It's, it's interesting you're talking about that decision difficulty because I also find marketers often because they're very people focused, they're very relationship focused, mm -hmm. hate the process of decision making because what they're actually doing is eliminating choice. You know, as they go right. from a smaller, smaller to finally the agency, mm -hmm. the level of risk for them gets higher and higher. And so they really struggle sometimes to get, you know, uh, from say six to three and then three to one. Right. Is a really um, uh, difficult thing for them. That we, we even say, well, it's got to be three. You can't take more than three through this game. Yeah, we and tell go, them that well, too. Well, what if we do three plus the incumbent? And we're going, <laughs> no, no, it's the incumbent plus two. Exactly. Oh, but I really, really, you know. You we know, could have a whole conversation <laughs> about the, the incumbent Yes. The inclusion of the incumbent in the conversation. But. Well, there's times that they should be included and times they shouldn't. But, exactly. Uh, we, well, maybe we do uh, do that another time. We'll do or, another podcast about or, the, or, about or the incumbent. Or you can do a post for me because sure. the last one was hugely popular. So, yeah, okay. yeah. That'd be great. Look, um, now, yesterday here at the uh, ANA Advertising Financial Management Conference, you did a presentation about the uh, pilots that you've been managing in, mm -hmm. uh, for Mondelez right. of taking a different approach. Now, you know, I don't necessarily need you to revisit your 30-minute uh, presentation, sure, sure. but if you know, could you share just the sort of thinking behind it? Um, okay, so I shared some examples of pilots that we've run over mm -hmm. the past couple of years yeah. um, that were not necessarily 
um, focused on a replacement for the RFP process yeah. as much as they were experiments in how to work differently with creative partners yeah. to produce creative results. Yeah. Um, and what we have found are a couple of learnings. One is that in today's really complex media world, um, you can't find one partner that will do everything for you. It's impossible. And, and we have had great success getting multiple partners together to collaborate with the client um, in coming up with a solution. And we think that longer term, while we're still sort of in the pilot stages and we're still practicing and experimenting and testing, we think the future of agency engagements will rely heavily on collaboration. Um, and I talked a lot about that in my, in my talk yesterday. We, we see a lot of marketers struggling with the convenience of what they like to call a full service agency, but are not really, and the desire to have best of breed, which often means they end up with a fragmented roster of specialists. Yes. And then the real struggle of trying to get them to work together. Exactly, yeah. and, and that's why we are intrigued with models of engagement that are about collaboration. Mm -hmm. You get, you, you understand clearly what your communication challenge is, that strategic yeah. homework is very important because understanding what your strategic challenge is helps you understand who to get in the room. Yeah. And you get those best in, in breed not agencies, but individuals from yeah. agencies. You carefully select your team and you get them in a room with the client and through some guided collaborative exercises, um, you can get to a creative challenge that solves the problems you yeah. just went through where you're managing all these different See, agencies. I think that is so insightful that you're doing it on an individual basis because People try and create collaboration between organisations yeah. and organisations have completely different agendas to individuals. Exactly. You know, I exactly. To, one of the things I say to a lot of clients is don't get agencies to collaborate. Pick the creative, strategic, um, you know, uh, technology specialist. Because the reason those people get up in the morning is they, they want to come they want a big juicy problem that they can solve because that's actually what they want to do. That's their exactly. day to day life. So exactly. you'll cherry pick the talent from your roster of agencies and then bring them together on a project. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what the what the idea is behind the fly fearless pilots that we're running now. Um, because if you, to your point, if you go to the lead account guy at an advertising agency or any kind of agency and say, we want you to participate in this collaborative activity, you can't, you can't, um, you can't influence other agenda items that might be on that senior leader's mind. Um, and what you really need, you have to ask for specifically, which is this person and that person and this person in a room together. Well, look, it's, it's a sad fact of the industry that agencies have ended up, and especially account management, have ended up being responsible for the profitability of the agency. 
So their yeah. agenda in that meeting is what's in it for us financially. Exactly. You step exactly. outside of account management into creative, digital, technology, strategy, those areas, more the tech technicians of advertising and the, or the creators of advertising, they're not concerned as much about how much it earns. They're concerned exactly. about the they problem. Exactly. They want to solve it. the problem. Yeah. And, and one of the things that happens with the traditional agency client model is that, and, and especially in today's much more complex media world, is that there is an increasing distance between the brand person and the creative people that are helping solve that brand person's problem. And we're paying for all of that complexity in between. Yeah. And what this model does is it sort of helps narrow that gap and get the creative person and the brand person in a room together and it replaces, and I know agencies are not going to want to hear this, but the process replaces what the account people do. Yeah. And they're not account people that are on the, these small teams of collaborators. They're creative people, in some cases production people. They are the people that are the on doers. the front line doing the work. Yeah, exactly. the doers, the doing they're the work. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, and that's interesting because account management, some people call it account service. I hate that term because account <laughs> service immediately sets up a relationship of being a servant and I much prefer account management. But yeah. I think uh, you know, account management used to be about managing the resources of the agency for the best outcomes for their client. Exactly. It's sad that it's, and I use that term again, sad, because now I find so many account management people are actually financially managing the account to meet the profit, profit uh, projections or revenue mm -hmm. projections of the agency. So we need to almost find a new project coordinator or project lead function that is independent of that as well, don't we? Yeah, it's, You've it's taken an it interesting. In yeah, we sort of have. I mean, yeah. you could, that's another way to express it. We sort of have taken account management in house. Yeah, or project management. Project I guess management. It, yeah, they're, yeah, they're managing, sorry, project. Yeah, it's my Australian accent. I say project, <laughs> project. you say project. Yeah. Um, Look, well, that's really interesting because uh, um, from our perspective, it's uh, the three things that uh, we find uh, that are the key measures of the right agency or right people in your case, in your model, mm -hmm. is certainly capability. You know, they have right. to have the capabilities. Secondly, the chemistry. They need to be able to have an attitude of working together. Right. And then finally, their ability to collaborate. And yep. collaboration defined by the Economist Intelligence Unit requires common goals, shared value of the output, mm -hmm. and a level of trust. Yes. Now, trust is a really interesting thing. And is that part of your model or part of the uh, process? How? How do you find, or do you think, by selecting the right people, trust happens? Well, I, it's not an explicitly stated um, objective attribute, yeah. or attribute that, yeah. that we look for. Um, but I think that when we find the right people, um, the trust is there. And one of the things that makes it right is that we trust each other. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I would say, which might just be a different way of saying what you just said, 
is that um, you know the chemistry and the and the relationship is really important. But the partners that we choose, the individuals that we choose to be on these teams for these pilots, are individuals with the right mindset. And what that means is um, they are open and willing, not just to collaborate, but to check their egos and their position titles at the door and go in the room without a hidden agenda and their sleeves rolled up and willing to just get into this mashup and, and share outcomes at the end of the day. And, and some people can't work that way. It's not familiar to them, it's uncomfortable to them, or there are sort of other things that kind of get in the way. Yeah. And that's pretty clear um, tell that when fact. we're talking to them yeah. before we build the team. Look, the reason I, I have a big smile on my face, because, <laughs> and I'm going to make an observation that you don't have to comment on, okay? Uh, but my experience is the more talented the person, the more likely they are to be able to collaborate with other talented people. Mm. The less talented and more insecure yeah. they are, the less likely they are to work with others. Now that's just I would my say observation. That. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with the part about the um, the the security. I've seen some very talented people that are insecure. Um, yeah. And and in that case, you know, you yeah. have to talented and secure but, in but, themselves. But I yeah. think you're getting at something that's really important, and that's about that's about the need for us. As we build these models and as we as we facilitate the collaboration, to make this experience um, a a risk-free, mm. if you will, experience, yeah. and they have to understand they won't get burned at the end. Yeah. And the and the agencies that they represent have to understand that too. If they see this as risky for them, which may relate to trust then I think we're going to have a problem. I just had this thought, if this style of working, you know, this cherry picking of talent happens, agencies will end up being like talent agencies in Hollywood. They won't actually be an infrastructure that just delivers advertising, they'll actually be an infrastructure that supports talent, that yes. allows the clients to come and pick and choose, just as you would go and say, well, I want Aaron Sorkin to write my screenplay and I want yeah. such and such to direct and such and such as uh, director of photography. This could be the future model for advertising. Exactly. And it's really interesting that you say that, Darren. And one of the things that I talked about yesterday at the end were sort of emerging trends that I'm seeing among agencies. And I'm sure you're seeing this too in the work that you do that the emerging, the agencies that are emerging in this new world are agencies that are doing what you just said. Yeah. They're not building big infrastructures of full-time employees. What they're building is a model with senior leaders who have access to talent mm. that they can um, call in for on a project or project basis based on what the needs are of that particular yeah. client at that particular time. And it's the fluidity that I was talking about. Right. Um, and, and I love the analogy of uh, agencies as talent, agencies, as talent yeah. agencies yeah. Um, because that's kind of what that model looks like. And yeah, it's it interesting to see the evolution of, as new agencies are out there, what they're solving for in the way that they're setting themselves up. Because well, it'll be interesting to see if marketers and their procurement partners 
are able to make the switch because at the moment when you go to an agency you're buying all the infrastructure yes, and all the services exactly. that you don't but would you be willing to pay a premium to get the right talent to come and work on your particular problem rather than have that money sort of dissipated to cover a whole lot of infrastructure you don't want yeah yeah and I, you know i think i think that's going to be the challenge um but I, you know, I think that we would, I think that we would be willing to pay an up, a premium for the talent and still end up paying less than, than paying what we're pay, than paying for all that infrastructure. I'd, love, I'd like to see the mathematics around that. Absolutely, because there's also so many other ways of executing now. You know, there's all these specialist production companies and lots of different ways and lots of different other partners and vendors that you can use to actually do it. This right. is, I like the fact that you're getting back to isolating the creation of the strategy, the, the strategy being the solution to a problem and the creative expression of that solution right. in, in its own process that then goes off and gets executed in various uh, ways. I mm -hmm. think that's fantastic. Well, look, this has been a great conversation. I love catching up with you. I Thanks. wish we could do it more often, but, you know, I'm on the other side of the world. Right. And you're so busy <laughs> travelling. Um, but uh, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Nice that our paths crossed. Occasionally. Let's yes, hope it's every more once often in a while. In